Hey, Nicole, now that we're married, there's some important documents that I need you to sign. They're uh, for the attorney. No need to read it, of course. I've already gone over everything. I just need your signature right here if you don't mind, just real quick. Well, since I typically handle the paperwork, let me just take a quick look-see here. Well, well hold on, that's, that's not really necessary, but okay. And the slave does covenant, promise, and agree, one she shall immediately, diligently, and enthusiastically comply with and submit her full being to any and all directions or desires of master or his assigns which he or they may express by word, signal, action, or other means, and the slave agrees she shall at all times afford master absolute respect, shall address him only as sir or master, and shall speak to or otherwise distract him only when granted his permission? Oh, uh, let me see that real quick. That's that's uh, that's just some legalese. Don't, don't worry about that. Wait a minute. Are you tricking me into some Fifty Shades of Grey contract? Or please tell me this is research for a story. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's the story of the girl in the box who was placed in a coffin-like box and shoved under a waterbed for seven years. So Tuesday is when we're putting this out. So what day is it? According Sunday. to your, your podcast. <gasps> Mondays is a pretty memorable day. What is it? What's Monday then? National Margarita Day! I didn't give up tequila for Lent, so I should totally... We Can, can we zoom? What about Tuesday? Oh, oh, okay. Tuesday is International Dog Biscuit Appreciation Day. Oh, you know what? I went to Pet Supplies Plus and they have these dog biscuits that look like donuts and they're, they look like they're frosted and they're so cute. Well... Get some doggy biscuits for your doggy on this day. So today is, and that's thanks to Nicole's podcast. Every day's a holiday. You can find that on uh, any podcasting platforms. Also, quick plug for you guys wanting to get the camping gear. We got a bunch of camping gear in today for Brienne's new podcast among the among the dirt and trees. And that entry is still open. It's going to be all week. You can do multiple entries in that. So if you like share it on Twitter or whatever, you get another entry. But you have a really good chance of winning that. Some really cool stuff. It's a backpack, a bunch of camping stuff. I don't know. Yeah. There's a big, like a, one of those shovels. If I was outdoorsy, shovels, I would be really fire excited starting for it. If I was allowed to enter, I would enter. Oh, and there's also a um, one of those really nice bottles. Like a hydro flask? Hydro flask, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are nice. Really nice hydro flask and uh, one of those day pack bags. So go to uh, Among the Dirt and Trees in any podcasting app and listen to that last episode, especially because Brienne gives all the deets of where to find that contest at so you can win that. And we're we're actually announcing the winner next Sunday. Wow. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Well, I don't have any additional podcast news, but I can tell you that this is day five of Lent and I have not had a beer and it has not been that hard. Today I am drinking the Truly Teas that I I brought Mm -hmm. today. And, you know, I wasn't I wasn't looking forward to the strawberry flavor, but I like it. Taste it. Ooh. Yeah. Delightful. Ooh. I like that. I think I like it. It might be the best, but I don't know. But I, uh, number one, did not eat today, and I'm on my third tea, and this is not a good life decision. So uh, back with, without further ado, uh, I know a lot of folks have been reaching out asking how they can support us, and they are very used to Patreon. We were very first in our early days on Patreon, but we 
felt like maybe we could do better on our own website and stuff like that. But we decided we were going to go back to Patreon to help. Um, you know, it seems like it's easier for a lot of people. And they've got a lot of great functionality now. So we have three tiers on Patreon for if you want to support us. Um, there's a $3 small taco tier. There is a medium tier, which uh, working title is Taco Nacho. And then our $10 a month tier is the Taco Supremo. Uh, so if you would like to support our show, uh, each tier gets you a different uh, number of things. Uh, and this is a kind of a big announcement. We are going to go down to one episode a week on our iTunes episodes, partially to help us uh, make sure we give exclusive content to Patreon, uh, but also because John has... Uh, and and me and Jen, you know, we've all got some other projects that we have been trying to work on. So this will allow us to stretch our legs with those episodes while making sure we have some dedicated content to Patreon. So uh, we we may go back to two episodes a week. I'm not totally sure. But uh, before you guys start wondering where all those Friday episodes are, now you know. So our original Supremos, uh, those who were, have been with us, if you... Um, would like to also get on the Patreon, the Patreon, uh, just reach out to Jen. We are in process of just working out the logistics of how we can make that happen. And so. you can find me at facebook.com slash O Jen Collins, O H H H Jen Collins, or you can find me on Instagram or TikTok. I have gotten a few, uh, TikTok followers since my cookie incident. Nice. I have not posted a follow-up video saying that it was from Tara, but I feel like I don't need to. Surprise shot, surprise shot. We don't know what they are, cause they're a surprise. And I said surprise shots, surprise shots. John's gonna get mad, cause I said two different things. Did you deliberately do singular to begin with? No, I didn't realize I was doing it until you made a face. I pointed at you to make sure you knew you were doing it. I uh, Thank you, thank you. Uh, is this, I don't want to take Blue Curse. How is that what this is? So if this is your first time here, welcome to Talk Murder to Me podcast. This is episode 219. I'm putting all my sources and photos on talkmurder.com. You can go there on the homepage and you'll see episode 219. You definitely want to see this story. It is extremely interesting. Also... We are streaming this on YouTube, so go to YouTube.com and type in Talk Murder to Me. This is, like I said, episode 219. You can see my pretty face on here, and I have a slideshow. Either way, TalkMurder.com or YouTube, you can follow along with us if you're not driving or your Tesla is driving. So the photo you're seeing right now of this woman, her name is Marie Elizabeth Spanicky. S-P-A-N-N. H-A-K-E, Spanaki. And she is, what What year do you think this is? 74. I'm going to say 84. Uh, 74 to 78. Yeah, so it's late January 1976 Damn. is where I'm starting he, like, the story looked deliberately tonight. at me like you failed me. I'm used to failing, so. Yeah. And. Oh, <laughs> 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 So we're going to Chico, California, 
late January 1976. We're going to a flea market. I couldn't find the exact spot. I don't think it's still there. Okay. This was 40 years ago. So so what I'm going to tell you right now is the testimony, like everything I'm about to tell you about what happens at the flea market and then beyond is the testimony of one person. Her name is Janice Hooker. A witness? Is she a witness to this? Yes, she's a witness. She was there when all of this happened. So this is her exact testimony that we're going to be going over tonight. Okay. It's late January 1976 at a flea market. A John Baruth and his fiance, Marie Elizabeth Spanicky, which her nickname is Marliz, M-A-R-L-I-Z. The couple started to argue. She storms off. And she gets on the highway. She starts hitchhiking. She's going to get mm. home without her fiance. So 70s in the in California is a bad time for hitchhikers. Oh, uh, yeah. Is there were they married? Was the couple married? Did you say no? That? They were about to be married. They were and engaged. This, they were engaged. And this is the last time he's ever going to see his mm. fiance again. Well, that's sad. Here's what happens. A blue Dodge Colt pulls up. Now, this is in Chico after the fiance fights. She's walking home on the highway to go back home. A blue Dodge Colt pulls up and Marie is walking by herself. She has long, dark hair, as you saw. The car stops, offers her a ride. She looks. There's a man and a woman in the car. So she's Which like, I would feel safe yeah. or getting into. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So she says, okay, I'll get in the in the car. I'm going to Rio Lindo Avenue. And they're like, oh, what a coincidence. We're also going there. So she gets in the back seat. Now, this is Janice Hooker, the story that I'm telling you tonight. This is from her testimony. Is she the passenger Yeah, in that she's car? the passenger. Okay. okay. Her husband is driving the car. Okay. So the wife is testifying against the husband. Oh, isn't yeah. that like not allowed or not you, required? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the right to not. So okay. if John ever gets into some funny business, I don't have to testify against him. And likewise. But I would. So the witness, Janice Hooker, she testifies and she tells the police everything about Marie in exquisite detail from what she was wearing to, ev- to even her nickname of Marlies which Mm -hmm. is a very unique unique nickname. Not only that, but she also knew that Marie was an Ohio native originally. So what I'm trying to say is her story is accurate, legit. She actually met this woman and this is what really happened. Okay. Janice and Cameron, her husband, Hooker, they're the Hookers. That's their last name, Hookers. Unfortunate, but yes. Yeah. Uh. They're in the passenger. There are worse names. They're in the driver and passenger seat, and Marie is in the back seat, and they're driving towards Rio Lindo. So when they arrived on Rio Lindo Avenue, she opens the back door, and this happened really quick. And apparently, there was no one around because he immediately reaches back over the seat to the back seat and grabs her hair. Oh, and jerks her back into the car. Really violently. So it's it's really quick. She's, oh, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, I was grew up in Ohio and my name is yada, yada, yada. And I got all these, you know, mm-hmm. aspirations. 
oh, thanks for the ride, guys. Yeah, this is fine. And then all of a sudden, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. He just reaches over, pulls her hair. Her head slams the back of the seat. And then he jumps back there. It kind of reminds me of that movie I saw. I think it was the the one with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, the Hollywood one. I haven't seen that one yet. <sighs> I know. But they take in hitchhikers and then he like takes pictures of them oh, and like kills them. I love Quentin Tarantino, so I would love to see that movie. I think that's the movie it's in. Cameron, the husband, slams Marie's head down between the car's back seats, their bucket seats. So right in the middle center console, slams her head down in there to keep her quiet. They drive down a dirt road towards the mountains, and there's no one up there. He gets in the back seat, and he puts her head inside this thing called a head box, which I'm going to show you what that is here in a second. That sounds terrible. Yeah, here's the head head box right here. Oh, oh you know what? that's actually what I pictured, and it's more horrifying than yeah. Can, that is scary. Yeah. So this what's he- in the box? This head box was sitting in the back seat with her when she got in, but it doesn't. I mean, you see it now. Yeah, it looks like a head box, but if you didn't know what it was, you'd probably just think it was I don't know a box, it's like a, an box. amp or like. Yeah, maybe like an amp, but you see, it has several locks on it and a space for your neck. Yeah. Almost like a guillotine. Yeah. So mm. go to talkmer.com and see this. You definitely want to see this. It's a pretty wow. unique wow. contraption there. She's in the head box after she was threatened with a knife. She's still in the back seat. Her head's down. There's a little side detail. The couple, Janice, the one testifying, and her husband, they go to Jolly Cone to get some fast food. And then... They go back home to their home, which is 1140 Oak Street in Red Bluff. And so, and this, the the female, the wife is in still yeah, in the car. Yeah, she's in the passenger seat. And the woman is in the head box. Exactly, in the back seat. Whoa. Now, if you're looking right here, the home, that is the home right there, that pink home. Wow. That is 1140 Oak Street. That is where they take her. All right, now let's talk about what they do once she's there. Because this thing just started. So you're looking at 1140 Oak Street, a little pink house, one story. And there's neighbors both to the left and right, which was at the same back in the day. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's nothing you can do, really. She's going to scream. It looks like a uh, smaller house and close neighbors. Now, the whole time Janice, the wife, is reassuring Marie, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Just calm down. They get her out of the head box and walk her down to the basement. You, that's the place you don't want to go if you're in a serial killer's home is the basement. Well, you don't really want to go to a second location no matter where it is. Yeah, that's true. At this point, Cameron and the wife goes back upstairs, but Cameron takes Marie and hangs her up Oh, in a, a cross-like crucifixion. <gasps> he strips her clothes off. Oh. And he hangs her up by the wrist. Does he tie them? Please tell me he didn't nail them. Oh, boy. So for you podcast listeners, the picture that I have right here is a woman. She's suspended by her arms. She Her arms are completely over her head going vertical. Her wrists are tied with some bindings, actually some leather straps. It looks and like then, duct tape, too. And then those straps are tied to this apparatus, and she's just hanging by her arm so it puts a lot of pressure on your arms 
and it stretches you out. It's basically like hanging from a pull-up bar. Is she secured at her ankles as well or just her wrists? Uh, She wasn't at first, but eventually he does secure her. Now, she kept screaming, and I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh But Uh he didn't like that. She's like, let me go, let me go. She's making all this noise. You saw the houses right beside each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though they're in the basement is still a risk. Yes. With her screaming and he could not get her to shut up. Now, remember his wife is upstairs. You remember that knife that he used initially to threaten her? Yeah. yeah. So he takes that same knife and in order to get her Marie to be quiet, he slits her vocal cords. <gasps> oh, and I put a picture of the vocal cords here. In case you guys didn't know where they were. So I'm just curious how long it took her to die after that because I imagine that you would, if you slicing the vocal cords, it would also slice the, the no, artery. No, it, it didn't That's slice the I artery. That's what I was wondering too. No. But you would The think... artery's on the side. He just like slid it right like, in the middle. Like, like a he, tracheotomy? Like, yeah, with your Adam's uh, apple oh, right there. Interesting. That's so scary. She didn't die right away. And in fact, she wasn't, I mean, obviously she can't talk or scream anymore. She motioned for a piece of paper and a pencil. She's like going to write something. She's like dying and bleeding all over the place. And she wrote something to the effect of my boyfriend has money. You know, if you let me go, then he can pay you type of stuff, like trying to bargain for her life. How is she writing if she's, did he let her, after he slit her vocal cords, did he he let her kind of like go for so then Cameron, the husband, grabs a pellet gun that was laying nearby, and he starts shooting Marie over and over in her abdomen area. Oh, jeez. Now, Janice, the wife, will tell police later that this was, quote, a torture thing, end quote, and claims that her husband often did this to her as well, as well as hanging her up just like that in the same apparatus whipper all the bdsm type of things she went through all of that as well just being his wife okay eventually cameron the husband gets tired of Mm -hmm. this woman bleeding all over his basement he starts to strangle her until she's dead he walks back upstairs he sits on the couch with janice and says okay she's dead and then she starts crying so he hugs her and holds her as she cries on his shoulder. So what I'm showing you now is the Google Earth for you people on YouTube. This is where they take her around 2 a.m. in the morning. They wrap the corpse up and they throw her in the back seat of the car and they drive on Highway 44 and they're going into the mountain area. Now okay. This is 2 in the morning. The whole place is blanketed with snow and I'm going to show you where that is here. All right, so this is where they take her. That's where they were, Red Bluff. Mm-hmm. And this is where they're taking her into the mountain area, right up here. So straight up. That still looks like a pretty good distance away. Oh, yeah. And do they take her all the way to the top of the mountain? Now, no one knows exactly where they took her. They tried to find a body. Obviously, the body was never found. Mm. At the time that she remembers there being a stream. But I mean, look at look at this. There's nothing but mountains. There's a billion places. Yeah, there's no town. Yeah, there's there. no way you can find his body ever. You know, especially yeah. now after 40 years. Unless you were like videotaping everything. Yeah. After the sun rises, Cameron then takes Marie's ID 
purse, and other belongings to Dog Island Park, and he burns everything. The only souvenir he kept is her watch, which a lot of his co-workers noticed and asked if it was his wife's watch. It wasn't. It was Marie's. But he lost that watch on a conveyor belt at his work. So he hmm. kept her watch but wore it he on w- him? As a trophy. I know he yeah. kept it as a trophy, but like he wore a woman's watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess. That was his his like thing. weird little thing, I guess. Didn't, Colonel, uh, didn't Colonel Russell Ridgway... Williams wear panties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't I Garrett know, Ridgway but... wear, um, like, keep take jewelry and necklaces and wear some of them? Yeah. yeah. The, the crosses. I'm thinking about getting an Apple watch. All right, so who you're looking at now is Cameron Hooker. If you want to kind of describe him, there is a celebrity in which he looks like, but I cannot put my finger on Kevin it at the Costner. moment. A little, yeah, he does look like Kevin Costner, yeah, a young he does. Kevin Costner. In that photo, he does. Um, well, he's he, got the the glasses. Too. Yeah, he's got like the the big drugstore glasses, uh, dark brown hair parted at the side. But also Brad Pitt. Um, no. I see. I, His face is too fat for Brad Pitt's hot face. Um, but anyway, <laughs> is that who you were sleeping with in your astral protection from earlier? And so uh, he looks, he's like an attractive man. Uh, like I wouldn't have pegged him to be like a creepy looking dude or you anything like that. You wouldn't let him put you in a head box? I would, I would not let him put me in the head box, no. So this is Cameron Hooker. He's tall and lanky. He's got uh, hair parted off to the side. He kind of looks like a business type person. Obviously, this is in the trial. He isn't a bad looking guy. Definitely not a bad looking guy. I think he looks more like Brad Pitt than Kevin Costner. He's not a. um, I think think he looks more like Kevin Spacey than Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Spacey. Costner, actually. Is that who you meant? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I just came I said yes, but the the one that's involved in all the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks more like Kevin Spacey than Kevin Costner, but he looks more like Brad Pitt than any of those. If you just put. All right. He does not look anything like Brad Pitt. I'm just going to tell you guys right now. I mean, if you put a little weight on Brad Pitt's face, I'm telling you, he does. Okay. I see it now. If you take Brad's Pitt's face off, like in the movie Face Off, and then put his face on this guy, then that'd be a good match. This is Cameron Hooker, tall, lanky. Well, he's a mill worker at Diamond International, and that is a wood lumber company. Remember, he lost that watch on the conveyor yep, belt, so uh-huh. he works the saws, yep. cutting, which cutting would wood. Think jewelry is not allowed to be worn. Which is, uh, yeah, that most places True. are not. But think about it. I mean, he built his own. Headbox and ah, and the apparatus. True dad. Mm. Yeah, so he he's a carpenter trade. Mm-hmm, he works mm-hmm. with wood. He is five years his wife's senior. He grew up in a normal childhood, very loving parents. In fact, they were interesting. They were at the trial saying, "This isn't my son. My son's not like that." Interesting. Well, apparently he is. I'm sorry to break it to you. He was born on November fifth, nineteen sixty three, to Harold and Lorena Hooker in. Alturas, California, well-educated. His father worked construction. His mother was a housekeeper. He had one younger brother, Dexter. His father would often move the family for work, which did kind of affect him a little bit. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any big changes. I didn't see any head injuries, or he wasn't playing with fire or killing animals or anything like that. His personality, he was a happy kid from what everyone said a normal happy kid but 
I think what happened, at least from what I researched, is he was taller than everyone else. So when ah. he was in, which I think would give you confidence, but interesting. You know, yeah. When he was in eighth grade, he was sprouting like a weed, and he's real lanky. Yeah. So he was self conscious about that. Well, middle school kids are the worst. I was often asked, yeah. "How's the weather up there?" Yeah, that's true. Middle kids do. And I, like, I would have been like, well, "Why don't you come tell me?" <laughs> Yeah, maybe as a guy, but as a girl, it's really tough. Like, I, I wouldn't wear boots. Like, I still have a weird thing about wearing boots with heels. I don't wear heels. Like, I mean, it's different as a girl than a guy, I guess. But yeah. but being tall in middle school is rough. People are mean. They're still mean. True. People are mean. But he's not, like, a, above average or, but like, but I, but boys tend to sprout later than, than ladies. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think he's just kind of a loner, not really had a reason to be he didn't have terrible acne or he wasn't bad looking no but he when he started getting into high school he was not athletic and he started becoming an outcast mm. he did excel in shop class he didn't have any friends and this is interesting as a young teen well i mean everyone does this guys he discovered what pornography was mm-hmm. which is normal but the regular stuff just didn't turn him on, like right off the bat. Like, what is this intercourse? Oh my god, tie her up. Interesting. Yeah, so he was into the BDSM right off the bat. So when he was 12, 13 years old, he would go to the supermarket, Harris Teeter, whatever, see a milf, and instead of being like, "Wow, she's attractive," in his head, he's like, "I wonder what she would look like all bondaged up in a headbox type of thing." So soon he started picturing all the high school girls that he sees dressed up in bondage stuff, constrained, mm -hmm. gags in the mouth. He has a whip. And like he, Indiana Jones? He was so obsessed with pornography in this BDSM that he would take the magazines, the porn magazines, and since they didn't have videos and stuff like that, he would actually take photos of the photos in the magazine and develop them himself to Interesting. Like, That's weird. So he's taking photos of the photos in the magazine. In 1972, he graduated high school and started directly at the lumber mill. And when he gets arrested, he's still going to be at the lumber mill. So he never really excelled at work. He was, and, and they called her a, a clock watcher, you know, just watching the clock up, oh, shifts over, go. Clocking, he never clocking. really, he never really wanted to climb the corporate ladder. He just he wanted was, to get by. Yeah, get by. He was just content doing his low minimum job. And his job was... You know, anyone could do it. He just worked a saw all day long. And he's a smart guy, so he could have done a lot more, but he just didn't want to. It was easy for him. Yeah. And this is his wife right here. Okay. Janice. This is like one of the only pictures of her. Interesting. <laughs> she looks like a gremlin. So was she That's like... That's mean. Cool. Was well, she... Look at her face. I mean, she's like posing. She's, she's trying. She's, she's trying to look like a gremlin. So no, she's not. Stop it. So was she into the BDSM because of him, or like was she into that on on her own and then met him? You know, that's a good point. What do you think? I think were she you wasn't... were you in it before you met me, or did uh, I? <laughs> <laughs> I know someone who dated someone. I never dated anybody who was into that. But um... hey, cat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Future John, you gotta cut that. Uh -uh, yeah. She don't listen to this. But you don't know that. She ain't listen to this. There's a million cats out there. 
All right. Well, I know yeah. someone who dated somebody who was into that, and she had to break up with him because of it. Mm. It was too awkward and uncomfortable. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like she looks like she might be into it. I don't. Maybe. I'm not trying to judge. Because hey, whatever you know, whatever that, you like the, to do, that's up to you. You know the the flight of the. I never watched really the flight of the Concord, but either. there was the song. If that's what you're into, and it was all about like you know sexual BDSM. fetishes. I'm sorry, I said she looked like a gremlin, but she is making a. She's trying uh, to be seductive. That's how. I don't know. <laughs> she's looking like you told me you were going to do the dishes and you didn't. Kind of a look. Was I think this is her coming out of the courtroom? Interesting. Or something. There's uh, not many photos of her. All right, so this is Janice. Also, she goes by Jan. Okay. And sh- they actually met young. How young? He was 19 when they met, and he's five years older than her. So she was 13. Jailbait. 14. Well, 13, 14, yeah. They met in 1973. Now, she is not an attractive woman by any means, and that's from her own, I mean. So wait a minute. If this happened in 1976, so she was only 16 when this happened? Or 17? Yeah, they, they were married when she was 16, which I'm about to get oh, to. Oh, wow. Right. But you said that they <clears throat> met in 1973. Yeah. And if this is happening in 1976, then she was only like... 16 si- when they got married. She was not an attractive woman, but Cameron, the husband, was the first one to kind of show her any attention, right? So she kind of fell in love with him. She was extremely insecure, which is another reason why Cameron loved her or loved being with her, thought she was a perfect woman because she will obey what the master say. Oh, I don't like that. That does not sound. <laughs> All right. She's the younger of four. She's the baby of the family. Her father wasn't around much. The mother was always gone. She was mostly raised by her sister. She had epilepsy as a child and her family told her that she was her epilepsy was just demons possessing her body, which, you know. Interesting. Was she Were they Christian? Pentecostal? <laughs> no, they I, they just didn't care about her, and they just, uh, but anyway, that was one of the they things used that. They that as an excuse. Yeah. Did it, like, kind of go away as she got older? Uh, yeah, I think it did. They were married on January 18th, 1975, and when she turned 16, she actually had to get a waiver to get married, and immediately the abuse started happening. Uh, and it it wasn't abuse like domestic violence. Who's in your phone or why are you on Tinder or whatever? And then hit her in the eye. It was more like, let's go to the mountains and so I can hang you up. So it was, it was based. It wasn't, it wasn't a hateful thing. It was just this guy's twisted, perverted freaking psyche. Right. Yeah. Want to tie everyone up. Anyway, he would use whips and chains on her and she was so scared that she believed that he would eventually kill her, but not on purpose. Like, uh, for instance, okay. he would take her head and dunk it into water and wait till she can't breathe. And what? then the bubbles stop coming up and then he'd pull her up. Like, he would just abuse her, but like in a sexual way. But she wasn't into it. She's never been into it. You know, she doesn't like this stuff. She doesn't like being tortured and whipped. Don't blame her. But no. she just went along with it because that's what he wanted, and that was her husband. I think there's a difference between, like, role play and, like, I'm taking it too far. Yeah, like, nearly killing her is taking it just a smidge too far. Just a little. All right, so this is from the book that you're about to read tonight, Nicole. The book is called Perfect Victim 
by Christine McGuire, which she was the prosecutor of this case. Okay. And Carla Norton. And the subtitle here is The True Story of the Girl in the Box by the DA who prosecuted her captor. Fascinating. So if you want to read this. He wanted to hang her up, suspend her by the wrists from a tree without her clothes on. He told her his other girlfriends had let him do this and that lots of people did it. Not wanting to lose him, Janice went along. He took her into the nearby mountains, strapped her into his handmade leather cuffs, and hung her up. I feel like if he was a social outcast, then maybe this might have been a lie. Huh? Being a lie? He told her his other girlfriends had let him do this. Oh, I think I, oh. I think that was a lie. I think he That's was just yeah. saying that because she was young and he yeah. would say, like, right. pressuring her. That's yeah, he I'm didn't saying. have any other girlfriends. He was... Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was saying. She's just really impressionable. I mean, yeah. she was 16 when and they got And at the married. time, yeah. if that's all she knows, then she probably does believe that, oh, all guys do this to their wives. Right. Normal. Yeah. Mm. And you'll see. So Cameron, to justify a lot of the stuff in the story, he turns to the Bible. And a lot of places in the Bible I've read talks about how women sub- should be subservient and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But not to the point of you hanging them up and freaking no. choking them. <laughs> I, and the specific Bible verse that you're thinking it, of is like, problematic because, <laughs> I mean, you, like it's it's just problematic, and that it, it's it's that's all I'm gonna go. I, mean, it I don't know exactly. It's like Ezekiel or something, but it talks about how women should just be be like not property per se, but be loyal to their husband. Loyal, type yes. Of thing. Subservient, no. So he would take the Bible verses and twist them around and make his own. Well, a I lot mean, of people do that. <laughs> yeah, other purposes I mean, too. Uh, organizations also do that. Yeah. yeah, Christians also do that, right? Just in general, people. <laughs> I said organizations. After a year or two of this, Jan started just kind of going with the flow. But that's not what a BDSM person wants. They want to whip you, and then you're like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die!" And then she just kind of goes limp. Because she's just so used to it. I think a psychologist called it learned helplessness. We mm. talked about that before. Yes. Where you just, you're going to get it anyway. You might as well just not even move. Try to disassociate. Interesting. So she was hitting that point and possibly, possibly Cameron didn't want to do this to his own wife anymore. So they made a deal. Let's make a deal. What do you think the deal was? A trade-off. You give me something, I'll give you something. He stops He stops doing this to her and allows him to do it to other women instead. As long as she does not say anything to the authorities. Well, what does she get? She gets no longer being abused. She made a deal where she actually got something, not not got something. So what do you think that is? Money or diamonds. The, the deal was this between Janice and her husband, Cameron Hooker. He could bring home, quote, a girl who couldn't say no, end quote, if, uh, if he gave her a baby. <laughs> so, oh, no. Kinda, that I is want his not baby. a good trade-off. That is not. But that's your wife. She wants a baby. That is not a good trade-off. I would not want him to raise a child. Well, he had two daughters. With her? Yeah, with her. Already, so she wants a third. No, 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 no. no, no. The deal was he, eventually yeah. he'll he'll eventually he'll have two daughters with her. What I'm trying to say is they're obviously still alive. 
you know, yeah. they were they they were I they're like, like forty the years old. The, the the deal was victim who can uh, uh, a girl who cannot say no because it does not specifically say that it's like he's going to like abduct someone i know i know like you know you think someone who cannot say no may be a willing participant yeah he he definitely but that's not what he wants right you don't understand there's one thing to be like bdsm oh yeah you ready to do this what's your safe word he doesn't want safe words no he wants to bring people to the brink of death and then but there's people who are interested in doing that yeah but that doesn't that that is child's play for him he wants to capture someone like wild game and string them up, whip them and shock them and shit on them. Oh, he didn't do that too, did he? No, that was what That was I just did. your own <laughs> imagination. <laughs> I don't understand how that's a thing. Like, I, I mean, I mean, again, I don't understand how butt stuff is a thing either, but that's just me. But like, there's a difference between butt stuff and like poop and pee play. Yeah, I don't have you seen two girls in one cup? No, I have not. Don't plan on watching it. (laughs) Nope. I'll put that on talkmore.com. No, please. No, No, you will not. No, 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 no. All right, don't get it again. Don't have anything to go off of, but gross. The first couple of years of marriage, she tried to fulfill her husband's strange fantasies by being ever more submissive to his demands. But when Cameron produced an army surplus gas mask, its eyes and air holds taped over, she balked. The gas mask terrified her, and Cameron had to gag her to keep keep her from screaming when he fitted it over her head. Yeah, so there was one rule. Okay, you can find a slave and bring her home, but there's one rule. Can you guess what it is? Give me a baby? I thought no, we went over that. Well, that, I mean, that's the deal, but there's oh, a oh, rule. Oh. There's a. You can't have sex with her. There you go. You can't have intercourse with the slave. Hmm. No cheating. So you're like going to let him torture someone. But no cheating. But that's not as bad as torturing someone and having sex with someone. May 19th, 1977. Cameron did his part. Now it's time for him to pick up a new slave he's got his wife and newborn baby in the car they begin to drive and they end up on antelope boulevard this is the woman they find this is colleen stan she actually looks a lot like marie similar yeah long brown hair yeah yeah so she's 20 years old at the time that she gets picked up she was previously married to a guy named tom stan so Colleen Stan. So she kept his last name. Yeah, she kept his last name. I don't even know if they got divorced, but the relationship did dissolve within the first year. Okay. She was married. That's unfortunate. Yes, yeah, so she dropped out of high school, married, and she dropped out at 16, got married to a guy named Tom Stan. Not much is known about him. She wakes up, her roommates, her two roommates, drive her to the freeway to hitchhike. She's going to hitchhike because she wants to go see her friend Linda. It's her birthday today. Okay. She's going to go surprise her. So and her friends drive her to the freeway, to the freeway this is so the that 70s. she could hitchhike. Everyone's hitchhiking in the 70s. I understand that, but it just doesn't, I guess now it doesn't make sense. If your friends are going to drive you, why don't they just drive you to your because destination? That is a long Hitch- way away. It's like, I guess I'm, it's like, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to get an Uber to, you know, back oh, then. Oh, yeah, driving you know? to the bus stop or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but I so guess so. Her destination was actually really far away. I'll show you on the map. But she was going to Westwood. I kept thinking Westworld. And her friend Linda lived up there, and it was her birthday. So the photo, and I'll put I'll put all of her photos on talkmurder.com. She is 20 years old, thick hair, medium build, medium height. She was wearing wool 
jeans and earth shoes. And that's her hitchhiking right there. Oh, she looks oh. really young there. Yeah. Yeah. So she's 20 at the time. I mean, 20 is still really young. I'm just mm-hmm. saying she looks like really young in that picture. So that's where she was picked up, and that's where she's going. Wow, that's a, that is a long way. That's a long way to go. Mm-hmm. All right, so she was hitchhiking how. all the way from Antelope Avenue, and that is a long way to go. Yeah. And so that's where Cameron and his wife and the newborn baby picked her up. And she tells them, oh, I'm going all the way to Westwood. And they're like, oh, what a coincidence. We are too. (laughs) Now, she told her roommates that she would be back by Saturday. This was a Thursday when she went missing. She didn't tell her parents at all, which was not good. Yeah. Mm. Someone should always know where you are at all times. Mm -hmm. If you want to read this, this is from the book Perfect Victim. Then a blue Dodge Colt pulled over and Colleen saw a young couple in front, the woman holding a baby in her arms. They looked about Colleen's age and not very different from her roommates, Alice and Bob, not wealthy, but not hippies either. From the looks of their faded clothes, they probably didn't have much more than each other. She got in. Now what's to her left? So she gets in the back of the car. The, the box. The, the box, box. The box. She what looks at this box. box. And at one point she actually stops. They stop at a gas station and she's in the little girl's room and she locks the door and there's a, a window and something in her mind tells her to just go, to run. Wow. To run out the window, not even open the door and run, but just get out. But mm. she didn't. Oh. So they actually drive pretty close to where she's going. And I'm showing you guys a Google Earth of where they took her. So you see where they picked her up? Yeah. Yeah, so they took her all the way to Lassen wow. Park. They're taking these people to far yeah. distances. There's like no There's roads snow. there. Snow, snow. snow. It's all mountains. It's snow in that mountain. In fact, he tells her, so he turns around and tells her this, quote, my brother said there were some ice caves up around here, which you're looking at a bunch of ice. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be something to see? You wouldn't care if we turned for a quick look, would you? So, uh, mm-hmm. so he gets out, pulls her out of the car, says, put your hands above your head, knife to the throat, forces her. Now, there's no one around, so she can scream all she wants. He don't care. And the baby's in the front, too. God. Hey, the baby's right that there. That is awful. I mean, can you imagine, you know, being a child? I mean, a baby. How old was the baby? Do we know how old like, the baby uh, was? Less than a year. <laughs> To well, be able, I mean, just, I you, I know you don't remember that stuff, but, you know, eventually it's going to, to catch that up that with is, you. Yeah, just to know that that's There's in your gonna infancy. Be some sort of trauma associated with that. Even if you don't remember it, you're, there's going to be some sort of trauma. Next, she felt a strange leather strap encircling her head, tightened at her cheek until the strap beneath her chin made it impossible for her to open her jaw, a gag of some sort. Then he grabbed her ankles, wrapping a rope around them and tying an expert knot. Now she was handcuffed, blindfolded, and bound and gagged. But he had more in store for oh, her. Oh, God. Okay, so she's in the box. The box shuts out. Light, muffled sound is hot inside there. She was smothering. She's in the back seat. And another insult to injury, if you will, she's laying down in the back seat so she wouldn't get seen. Mm-hmm. And there's a sleeping bag put over her whole body. And then. The baby is put on top of the box. What? And the baby starts screaming and stuff like that. To cover the sounds of the woman screaming. Yeah. So 
That's ridiculous. They put the baby on the box, on the woman's head. That's Nothing so to see fucked here. up. <laughs> that's... Yeah, that's now, is terrible. that box, can you, is it lined with like styrofoam or something yeah, it's, in that yeah. picture? That's a really uh, good question. Yeah, it's soundproof. Yeah, you can yeah, see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know what it is. It's probably like just, it's probably just like a bedding fabric mm. or whatever they had because they didn't have much money. It's just such a, what's the word I'm looking for? Ingenuity, it, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's just uh, such an evil looking contraption yeah yeah, you know, just, yeah even I agree. without knowing what that is i mean i know it's a head box but even not knowing that's a head box you can tell it's a head box and it's yeah. just so just like just gross and evil yeah. and bad looking yeah. uh so this story did kind of remind me of and this is another quick plug i mean because it's so similar but the among the Tr- dirt and trees podcast her first episode yeah, yeah was yeah. about a box like this it's really there are more up. than one head box out there. Well, it was a. You have to listen to the episode. But it's the first episode. It's a super it's, creepy. It's a full body box. It's weird, like a coffin. Yeah, it just listen to it anyway. Like the time in Friends when Chandler put Joey inside the big box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this is back at the house. So they're at the house right now. They bring Colleen all the way back to the house, and. Take her down to the basement. It's interesting, though, that they wouldn't complete their business in a desolate area. Yeah. Well, I guess where are you going to hang her up in the mountains, though? Because, yeah, he wants to, he wants, all right, I'm going to get to this. The purpose is not to murder. No, no, he doesn't want to murder. He wants a slave. I know I keep saying Ah, that, but I'm going to get to this. Okay, okay. In a minute, you're going to see what this guy wants. And it's not just some sex stuff with some bondage. He wants a full slave. Okay. These are just some pictures I found of the basement. Who is that? Is that the DA? Just, no, some report. It may be the it may be the McGuire. I'm not sure. The, it didn't have a caption on we it. We don't know who she is. This is the basement, and this is one of the contraptions. Kind of like a cross. It literally is on a cross. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So she and this is one of the the pictures. There was a lot of pictures found in the basement. Well, a lot of the evidence was destroyed, but there were some. Now she was hung up on a stretching device. Sort of like this one. She was stretched out, her arms above her head. She was standing on a cooler, like a, you know, one of those Yeti coolers. Mm. And not really, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like the Coleman cooler. Yeah, the Coleman cool- cooler. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Yeti is a new Coleman, I guess. Well, no, Coleman's still relative. She's blindfolded, can't see shit, can't see anything. He kicks the cooler out from <gasps> under her, so she's dangling. Oh my god! But she's not like. It's not around her neck. She's just dangling. But all that pressure on her arms, obviously, is hell. Well, that literally, when you think about the crucifixion, and I'm not trying to be whatever, but like that's that's what the pain is, is that you're hanging from a cross and you have to, you suffocate. Yeah. That's what, that's what it ends up happening. So he takes a whip, crack, 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 all over her body, welts instantly form. Now, keep in mind, Janice, the wife, was the previous one of these. Right. She you know, she endured all she, this abuse previously. Because this isn't this is just his depraved mind trying to act out his fantasy. So his wife went through all of this and she still does. She still hung up every once in a while. She hates it, but that's that's what you gotta do to your husband, you know, to keep him happy, I guess. In her mind at least. He whipped her repeatedly and left her blindfolded, hanging in the closet overnight. And this, if you want to read this, is from Perfect Victim. 
She was strapped to the frame and shocked with electrical wires. She was shocked several times before Hooker was finally satisfied that she learned her lesson. More than traumatizing her, more than sending current ripping through her nerves, the electric shocks scorched her skin. Within hours, blisters erupted at the four points where wires had touched, and though the marks on her breasts eventually faded, her thighs were permanently scarred. She is blindfolded, and weeks go by. Weeks turn into months. Is she hanging on, or is he, does he let her off of the contraption at any point, or is she always mostly permanently? hanging up? But I'm going to tell you damn. her new home here in a second. But if you want to read this. Then she caught an unexpected glimpse of movement. Her captors. They seemed to be taking off their clothes. She watched them lie down and embrace. Then to her horror, she realized they were having sex, copulating almost at her feet, like hedonistic worshippers before some strange erotic icon. She felt sick. This was too weird, too perverse. So he was having sex with his wife while yeah. she's on the that contraption? Yeah. Okay, now you may have heard of this story before. No, Everyone's no, heard no, of this not. story before. I have not. Everyone's heard of this before. No. She, Colleen Stan, who we're going to talk about, is still alive okay. today. She was the girl in the box. And the box being this, her home for seven years. <gasps> what? She was kept under the bed for seven years in this box. No, I don't know this story. I don't know this story. You either. haven't heard of this? No. Oh. We uh, covered the boy in the box, but that's yeah. totally different. Yeah, I thought y'all heard of the story. Just no. let, let me go no. back. Let me go back. So Colleen Stan is still alive today. Well, that's Hot good. Damn. Good go yeah. girl. For the first few months, she could see no light at all. She mm. was blindfolded and she was let out only to use the bedpan and she was whipped constantly and if she refused orders she was whipped and tortured and just all kinds of stuff her home was in this box for the next seven years until his arrest pretty much so it took him a few days to finally bring her dinner but this is from the book perfect victim this is what happened you should be grateful i brought this to you he scolded he told her he was wasting good food and she demanded and demanded that she finish it. He slapped the leather cuffs on her wrist, hung her from the beam, and then set about teaching her a lesson. He whipped her until she passed out. When she came to, she was standing on the ice chest, still hanging from the ceiling. She felt faint, and her knees gave out from under her, but rather than take her down, Cameron pulled the ice chest out from under her again and beat her some more. Let me talk about her routine, because this is a whole thing. So so she was um, in in captivity, if you will, while Marie's like she's because Marie killed. No, Marie's dead. But, but we like, don't. She this this um this person. Th this is the second one. Marie was the first. The first. Oh, okay. okay yeah, okay. but she didn't last. And the reason I brought her up because this is actually the meat and potatoes of the story. Got it. But there's a a reason that we went through her story first. Okay. Even okay. though the body was never found. Technically, you can't try the guy for this, right? Okay. Okay. Now, her routine for the next year, at least, goes something like this. She's in the box all day long. And the box is, you know, in the morning, it's freezing. At In the evening, it's too hot. 
Janice was upstairs with the baby and eventually the two babies because they have two daughters. Cameron's at work all day at the lumber mill. Mm -hmm. He gets home, takes her out of the box, strings her up, ties her up with the leather ropes and stuff, beats her a little bit. He then feeds her and usually will like whip her until she goes unconscious and then throws her back in the box. Holy shit. And then goes up to his wife who is trying to just stay away from the whole situation altogether. After five weeks of this, she completely stops menstruating. So she's no longer menstruating. Because mm. of stress, probably. Well, yeah, yeah, she's in a box. After a few months, she had her first bath. Okay, her hair was so matted up that Janice tried to get all all the mat mattiness out or whatever. Like you try to comb it, it out. Try to, to cut comb it all off at that point. She tried. She tried vegetable oil and house cleaner. Nothing worked. They eventually had to cut it off. Oof. A lot. A lot of the hair. This is from Janice's testimonial. Quote. He held her head underwater. This is the first bath she got. He held her head underwater until she couldn't hold her breath anymore. When the bubble ceased and she started sucking in water, Hooker pulled her up, then dunked her again. So it's like even when they're trying to clean like, her, clean, like abusing her, show her yeah. some sort of kindness by bathing her, they're still abusing her. That's terrible. The bath was actually a huge turning point. This is the first bath. After weeks in the basement, there was a change in her psyche after this bath. Do you want to read this? If the ordeal had left her cleaner, it had also underscored the terrifying control her captor had over her. He was all-powerful. She existed completely at his whim. And even now, he had given her life. He hadn't killed her. So he wants a slave. At this point, she thought she was going to die the whole time. But yeah. now he gave her a bath yeah. and put her back in the box. That means she's going to stay alive to do his demands. For as long as he wants her He's to. her sexual slave. So, guys, let's talk about the main thing of this story, the slavery contract. Uh. Now, on January 25th, 1978, so about a year later, is the first time she sees any light whatsoever. Wow. It's like the first time she sees his face, really. Mm. And she, because she's abducted on May nineteenth, nineteen seventy seven. So we're going seven to seven years. So no, we're this is a year later. We're talking oh, okay. about the slavery. I know, contract. but she yeah. was she was in. Yeah. I'm trying to like picture. She was in captivity. Yeah, for seven, seven years. years. So on January twenty fifth, nineteen seventy eight, she's introduced to the slavery contract. Now he makes her sign a contract. So there is a contract that it's like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> Did you read it? Did you read no, it? No, I, didn't, I didn't read it, but, oh, but I mean, you, I know the premise. I you saw know the that there was a contract. And I'm going to give you the short version. He approaches her, takes her out of the box, sits he, her down. He approaches her. And well, well, she can't really go anywhere. <laughs> oh, she can't really approach him, but okay. He says, listen, I'm in this organization, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's this underground slavery trade like the order of the phoenix like what is he talking about there's this underground slavery faction of slaveholders and slave traders and you oh. colleen stan are a slave technically your property of and he'll use this word the company that's what it's called the company it sounds ridiculous oh yeah i'm a company an all c and i big brother but you you got to try to put yourself in the box, so to speak. Her psyche has completely broken down, okay? Right. She has been brainwashed 
So he presents her with this contract that they actually made on the typewriter upstairs that is very professional looking, has a, a seal on it and everything. Now, he made this himself, but it looks completely legit. He says there's this faction called the company. It's a faction of slave traders and slave owners. Okay. They specialize in abducting women and profiting off them. They have this organization in California. It's called Rent a Dungeon, kind of like rent a room. Oh rent God. a rent dungeon a where you can go in as a guy and rent a slave. Have you ever seen Hostel, the movie Hostel? It's almost like the same premise where you can go in and torture someone. So a guy can go in and torture any woman he wants. That's Mm -hmm. part of, you know, the captures, as part of the slave network. Mm -hmm. And if he kills them by accident, that guy has to pay $10,000. But, you know, no harm, no foul. They're just slaves. Yeah. So he presents her with this contract and says, listen, the company's everywhere. Yeah. If you run or you get away from me. The police that picks you up, most likely part of the company in some way. The neighbors across the street, why do you think they never come to your rescue? They're part of the company. So every, he, every, there's an, an all-watching eye, 1984 Big Brother type of thing. Everyone's watching. A lot of people are in the company. It, it, he's making it sound like there's this big conspiracy. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so it's January 25th, 1978. When he hands her the contract and he explains that if you do run or if you get away, not only will the company find you and torture you, but they'll also torture your family and kill your family. The company's everywhere. So he handed her the contract to sign. Now, this is the contract right here. It's a very low, grainy footage of it, but I'll put it on talkmore.com. They actually burned the original contract. This, what you're looking at here, is the template that he made because he was producing his own uh, photos and stuff. So mm. this is what he used to to uh, first produce the contract. The wow. real contract is burned, but this was like a photo of in it? a uh, you know template format. Got it. Or wh- however you do that. Right. This is the evidence. This is the actual one they found. So they know it's a real thing. All right, Nicole. So. I'm going to get you to read the contract and read it kind of quickly because it's pretty long. Okay. But I think it's important if you read it. Okay. I'm ready. This indenture made the 25th day of January in the year of our Lord, 1978, between Colleen Stan, hereafter known as Slave, and Michael Powers, hereafter known as Master. One second. Michael Powers is his alias. Okay. okay. I was so, going to say. Yeah. And he gives her a slave name. She'll be called K, the letter K, as you'll see, K Powers. That's her name. Okay. That slave, for and in consideration, in the humble appreciation of such care and attention as the master may choose to afford her, as given, granted, aligned, enough, and conveyed, and by these presents does give, grant, and enough, and convey unto master. And, and that word, in and oft, I had to look that up. That is the actual word. No one uses it anymore, but that is what... Uh, is used to bind a slave. Oh, mm. it's enfeefed. Yeah. And en- th- like fiefdom. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. That is the slave term. I was just pronouncing it wrong. Okay. All slave bodies and each in every part thereof without reservation, every bit of her will as to all matters and things and the entirety of her soul together with and all singular, every privilege, advantage and appurtenance 
to the same belonging or anywise appertaining. Also, all the estate, right, title, property, claims, ego, and ID of slave in, and to the same in and of to every part and parcel thereof, to have and to hold, all in singular, the above-described body, will, soul, and premises, with all appertences thereof unto master and any of his assigns forever." And the slave does covenant, promise, and agree, one, she shall immediately, diligently, and enthusiastically comply with and submit her full being to any and all directions and desires of master or his assigns, which he or they may express by word, signal, action, or any other means. Two, she shall at all times afford master absolute respect, shall address him only as sir or master, shall station herself in a physical location subordinate to his whenever possible, and shall speak to, otherwise just him only when granted his permission. Three, she shall constantly maintain her female body parts in such circumstances that will demonstrate and ensure that they are fully open to him. In particular, she shall never cross her legs in his presence, shall wear no undergarments at any time, and shall cover no part of her body with apparel or material of any description except when the act of doing so and design of item are expressly approved by him. I'm or- sorry. Does that mean she can't wear clothes? No, her- she can't wear underwear. She- correct. A- at all. Which is interesting because I thought they were not having sex. It's it's like a degrading thing. She's a slave. She 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 signed this. Okay. Four. She shall preserve her female body parts for the exclusive use of him and his assigns, which use shall be the sole source of her pleasures, and she shall engage in no self gratification or any other physical contact with any others. And slave does hereby irrevocably irrevocably declare and acknowledge her everlasting and unconditional dedication to his serving master, to his full satisfaction. And she ashamedly confessed prior indulgence of her untempered conduct by others may have permitted her to become afflicted with her inferior habits that may prove unsatisfactory to master from which imperfections she implores master to free her by retraining her corporal punishment or any other means which he in his unquestionable wisdom deems effective towards directing her towards sole ambition of in life destiny of perfectly fulfilling his every desire of her in witness whereof slave here as unto Set her hand in master designed to seal these presents by permanently affixing his collar about her neck on the date first above written. So that is a slave contract. That is so full of like legalese. Where did he come up with this shit? But do you see how what it's if you're presented with that after you've been in a box for a year, you can't get out. Like Okay. Exactly. What else do you want to do? So now... What happens is she can't wear underwear. She's officially the slave. She's registered with the company, which cost him 10 grand. Now, this is all fucking fake. This is all not real. The contract cost him $10,000. No, he's saying saying that it cost cost $10,000 to register her in the company. Got it. Got it. Exactly. This is all fake, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to put yourself because when she goes to court, what do you think? People are going to be like, why, why, there's no company. But you got to put yourself in her box like she's brainwashed. That's a real thing. That's what I'm trying to get. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So. So she got the name K, the letter K, Mm -hmm. and a chain was around her neck. That's provided by the company. Uh You know, he really made it himself. And a a gold ring on her right labia. What? Is pierced there. That's the wedding ring, sort of speak, of the, the the slave to him. Gross. Oh, my God. Ouch. This is a huge turning point, though. The contract 
changes a lot of things for her in the better. Because now that she's under contract, she can be let out of the box and trusted more. So now she's out of the box. She's washing dishes. She's cleaning upstairs. She's taking care of the baby. Whoa. And and I'm, this is a short version of all this. I'm not going to go through all seven years. Can I okay. ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. So Janice was okay with this as long as he gave her, but that was the deal that she was okay with this as long as he gave her children? Yeah, but Janice was just as much of a victim, in my opinion, too. Well, yeah, I, 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 and she is the one that went to the police, right? Okay, oh, you uh, know, after yeah. seven years, <laughs> you know, interesting. What? I wonder what was the turning point for her. But well, okay. think about it. What do you think it is? He started having sex with her. So what's that word? Jealousy. Yeah. That th- this is a whole thing. Her, Th- this is say. a lot of psychology involved in this. I'm not going to get those. Mm. Anyway, so the contract completely changes the dynamic. She's watching the kids now. She's a nanny. She's doing chores. Now, she's still going in the box all the time, but she has what she likes to call her year out. So she's working in the garden. She's getting introduced to neighbors. Now, when she has to go pee or Ballsy. something, when she has to go pee, she has to kneel down and ask master, master if she can go relieve herself, but only in the house. But wait, he's at work. He goes to work. But she's in the box while she's at work. While, while he's, he's at work. At work yeah. so she like has- on the weekends... She can be in the garden, you know. Got it. Okay. But, she's but otherwise, trained. she has to stay in the box from, for example, nine to five until he's done at work. Yeah, but it gets more relaxed is what I'm trying to say. This goes on for seven years. Now, at this point, they actually moved to a bigger space because they were getting more neighbors. So this is the farm. I couldn't find the exact address, but this is the trailer they moved into. There was hardly no neighbors around, and his dream was to build like a bigger dungeon. This is where they put... This box right here. Some people want a yard with a white picket fence. The he new wants box, a bigger dungeon. The new box here. You see the bedpan in there. This is yeah. where she's going to stay at the new place under the water bed. They have a water bed, and this is the box that slides under there. So I think it's interesting when for- the daughter. Well, excuse me. When the daughters are five and seven and running around, they're in the house, and she is living under the water bed in a box. So at one point, the daughter walks into the room because it should have been locked, but it wasn't. She walks into the bathroom because she wants some cereal and she sees Kay, Colleen, naked and chained up to the toilet in the bathroom. And she asks her, you know, because that's a nanny, hey, you know, can I have some cereal? And she says, well, you got to go ask daddy to untie me so I can get you some cereal. So the children were 100 percent involved. They don't know don't what know this is, on, but, but yeah. yeah, they don't they don't it's understand it. For them. Yeah. They don't know anything else. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, that for both of the examples of the boxes that we've seen, this one in the first picture, is that like it's double walled. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, that's a good call. It's like insulation from sound, maybe. Yeah. Now, the year out eventually came to an end because Janice started getting jealous because she found out that he was having sex with his slave. And that wasn't part of the deal. Mm. So that was a huge turning point. He didn't understand why it mattered, but she was really pissed. Okay. It wasn't part of the deal. Exactly. So event. Now, this is still in the year outside the box, the second year. There were several obedience tests being performed. Number one, he takes a shotgun and says, okay, slave, put this, put this barrel in your mouth. And she does it. She gets on the floor 
kneels down on her knees, takes the barrel, puts it in her mouth. Doesn't knowing whether or not... Has no idea if it's probably loaded. loaded. And he says, so she did that. She says, okay, now pull the trigger. So she reaches and just as like a robot pulls the trigger and click, no bullets in it. But she didn't know one way or the other. I'm trying to show you how brainwashed she was. She would do anything. Okay, anything. I mean, what's the other choice? Like, there is no other option. She actually passed that test. And this is crazy. She passed that test. On March 20th, 1981, he drives his slave to Riverside. And this was, they stop at this random building. It was like a, I don't know, like a Geico building or some shit, Mm -hmm. insurance building. He's like, I got to take this into the company to let them know that you're going to go out of town and then they're going to sign off of it. They may want you to come in. Now, this is some random fucking building. It's like office building. Right, right, right. So he walks in there, waits 15 minutes. And then walks back out and says, okay, you're good. They signed off on it. He has a new sheet of paper that's signed off. And so she thinks, okay, the company's letting me go. They go to Riverside and pull into her parents' home that she hasn't seen for years. She spends 24 hours with him not even there with her parents. Oh, my gosh. What what was their and reaction? Then rec- and uh, she wouldn't say, like, exactly what was wrong. They knew something was wrong. But she wouldn't be like, I'm living under a box. I'm a slave. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a slave she, because she's afraid of the company. Plus, she's brainwashed. She spends 24 hours with them and then goes back home to her box. It's like that. Holy What's the name of that effect? shit. Like Patty Hearst. What's the name of the effect? The Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, Stockholm yeah that, Syndrome. this is Stockholm Syndrome. All right, let's talk about the elephant in the box as far as when the, he goes to trial and everyone's like, you were a slave owner. You were keeping this woman captive. Oh, yeah. Well, explain this picture. That's her. <sighs> and not only that, explain these dozens and dozens of love letters written by her, confessing her love to her master and all this stuff. Well, what else is she going to think? I'm, I'm just saying what the court's I know, saying. I know. Okay. Um, she's obviously brainwashed. Now, to wrap this story up, Janice, the one, his wife, turns him in. Janice and Kay, or Colleen, actually became good friends. They started reading the Bible together, right? Doing Bible studies uh. together. She's still raising the kids and everything, going back in the box at night. I mean, this was a seven-year ordeal. She eventually goes to the police after... Now, they, they both started praying fervently that this wouldn't happen, but... Cameron starts talking about how he wants to build a dungeon, a slave dungeon, get more slaves in. Not only that, have sex with the slaves, get them pregnant and have the babies in the dungeon as well. And it'd be like a repeating cycle. Oh, God. So eventually they were just like the, the guilt piled on. They neither. Obviously, the slave doesn't want this to happen, but they both they're praying for. Exactly. For her to be the only one. And the real reason I'm doing this story tonight is this right here. And I, we don't really push a lot of things on this podcast as far as to go do things. But if you want to read this, this is from petition.org. Oh, boy. What? Oh, God. Stop the release of Cameron Hooker because of COVID-19. This is what I don't understand is that people are getting out of prison because of the pandemic. And I just don't understand. Same. March 21st, he will be paroled (gasps) as of now. And he will be back on the streets. So he didn't get 
prison time for the murder because they could not prove it. And a lot of things they couldn't even prove because of statute of limitations and stuff like that. But he spent 36 years in prison. And as of March 21st, which is two weeks, three weeks away, four yeah, weeks yeah, away, it's a month away, he is scheduled to get out of prison wait, 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 with wait. the COVID uh, letting people out of prison. There is a petition, but look how many people signed the petition. Only 3,062 people so far. This is Colleen Stan. She is, she went through all of this. Yes, she said she loved him and all this stuff, but you understand her, she, her psyche was completely yeah, fractured. Brainwashed. She was brainwashed. But now she is pleading for help to keep this guy in prison. So, uh, uh, what is, I mean, and, and I know you said you just mentioned statute of limitations, but what is the statute of limitations on slave slave owning? I feel like that's not. Well, that's that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Statute of limitations. She's talking about like, oh, if it happened three years ago or seven years ago, then they can't try him for it. But there's a clause, and I can't remember exactly what it is. But um, if the continuation, so so let's say the abduction of Colleen Stan would be a felony charge. Okay, well that was seven years ago. Statute of limitations. But if said slave or captive is continually continuing to be put in that basically under a box, she's continuing to be a captive. That statute of limitation uh, starts when she is released from captivity. So there's right. no statute of limitation. That's how they got to put him in prison for 36 years. So that was his original sentence was 36 years? Well, it would no, it was up to life, but now he's getting out because of this. Not if any of our he, listeners have anything he to say has, about it. He, Honest he was denied parole in 2015 and he was denied parole before, but with the COVID-19, it is looking like as of now he's going to get out on March 21st. That doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, like, the no. only I, if you're no. going to let people out of prison, they need to have been proven to be rehabilitated. And I don't think that this is, I mean, was he rehabilitated? No, he's still a monster. Colleen Stan says he's just as evil as he was to begin with. He, he is, he's not changed at all. He's about to get out. And, not, I mean, and not only that, but he, here's why I won't go people to go sign a petition, because what's a guy like that going to do? He's going to go and try to track down her and her daughters. Oh, my God. OK, this is like a, a national thing. Like she she's scared for her family's life unless Janice is completely lying and has and could pick and just has clairvoyant vision about the first murder. That's what happened. They couldn't find a right. body, so they couldn't prosecute him. Corpus delecti or whatever. He most likely did carry out that murder. Okay, right. so but they can't put him in prison for that because there's no body. But he is getting out in a few weeks here, and who knows? You know, wow. he Why probably him? won't be registered as a sex offender. I'd imagine because he's he been in prison be. before. That was even a well. I don't know. I don't know. It depends on, I guess, what he was charged with. I don't know. We need to know. I mean, he should be registered as a sex offender. He shouldn't be let out of jail. Yeah, he just shouldn't be let out of jail, period. Yeah, yeah. but he is going to be let out of jail because COVID. So anyway, that's why I want to do the story because it is coming up. Wow. The, um, the, and it's not really that popular. I mean, I think the girl in the box for seven years is popular as a story, but the fact that he's about to get out of prison is kind of pushed under the radar and so I'll put those petitions. There's yeah. a couple of them on uh, talkmurder.com. 
So be sure to go there if you want him to stay in prison. And uh, that's the story. I know it's kind of long, but I can I can't believe I've never heard of the girl in box. No, me either. Yeah, my mom used to tell me about the really? a, the girl that stayed in, under the bed for seven years in no, the coffin. Really? Yeah. No, I never heard of it. No. And, and the company that was like on Family Guy or something where they were making fun of oh, that. Really? The company. Yeah. It was like something I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. But yeah, that story has been around. Like people have heard of that, but they, you know, they didn't know the details and. and so she went to court and they brought up, well, what's all these love letters and all this it's stuff? It's fucking Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, but how are you, people don't know that. They don't, how are you going to convince people? Because they're like, well, why, why didn't she just run? When, why didn't no. she tell her parents? You, you, <sighs> no. But that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not going to go into the psychology of it because it'd take us forever. But she was obviously broken inside. Is and she, Is she living a, a good life? Right now? I think so. I mean, you know, it's funny because when she got out, when she was finally released, she was immediately working. I believe it was at a, I want to say hospital or something, but she was a maid. No, a hotel. She was a hotel maid because that's all she knew at the time. She's been cleaning their house for seven years. So she was working as a maid when, you know, the cops came and and wanted her to testify her story. So she's put in front of all these the nation is a nationwide case and she's like, all right, you stayed in a box, but yet you love this guy. And you, you said there's letters saying that she wants to have his babies and, and all this stuff, oh you know? Oh my God. So they, I mean, how are people to believe that this is a the seventies? They're not going to be like, Oh, well, you think she was brainwashed? What is that? That's yeah, not even real. I didn't know what that was. You know what I'm saying? That was like 40 years ago. Anyway, that is the story of the girl in the box in a box for seven years. Her abductor is getting out of prison next month, March 21st. So if you want to try to stop that, uh, we need to call the governor and raise a big stink. Because, dude, I don't want this guy out. Nope. He's a freaking nightmare, man. <laughs> he belongs where he is. That is one of the most evil and sadistic mm-hmm. people we have he ever He put someone about. in a box for years. I mean, I didn't even go into all the torture stuff. I... I mean... Bad stuff. I didn't want to go into all that stuff. But that the book book will make you literally sick and yeah. make you never want to hitchhike again. So yeah. Well, I'm glad it's not a thing anymore. But anyway, that is the story of the girl in the box, Colleen Stan. She is still alive. She was on Dr. Oz. There's plenty of videos like that. Uh, if you would like to help and keep him in prison, I'll put some links up there. There's only 3,000 people that signed it, which is kind of pathetic. But... He is scheduled to be released on March 21st, 2021 because of COVID reasons. So anyway, uh, go to talkmore.com slash join if you like the story and become our new Patreon members. And until next time, my name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And good night, you lovely, lovely people.